0: Welcome to Make It Count, Living a Legacy Life, where we invest in what matters, God and people. I'm Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of WelcomeHeart.com, where you can learn to know and show the heart of God, and that's what counts. Thank you for joining me. Today we're talking about A Believer's Manifesto, Part 2, Living on Mission, Companies and ministries alike know the significance of creating a great mission statement. I find them in the back of magazines, church bulletins, and online articles. People want others to know what they are about, and in the believer's case, who they are about. We know right away with Paul that his mission is about someone, not something. That's the main difference between religion and Christianity. Philippians 3.8 reads, Yet indeed I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ. Perhaps that's the defining difference between religion and Christianity. God calls us to himself through his Son, Jesus. It's the only way to get to God. He said... I am the way, the truth, and the life. You really can't argue with Jesus. You just have to think he's a liar if you don't believe that he said that. So that is a huge difference between Christianity and all the other religions. We are called to come to God one way through Jesus, through Jesus. And we need to clear out anything extraneous that keeps us from relating well with him. My mission is a matter of love. Jesus an expert with bottom lines was challenged by a lawyer in Matthew 22:36 to 39. I'll just read a few words from that passage. You can look it up later though. It's Matthew 22:36 to 39. Teacher, what is the great which is the great commandment in the law? And of course, a lawyer was asking him. Lawyers are good at asking questions and tripping people up. It's their job. Jesus responded, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. How like God to make his highest and greatest and biggest and only commandment about relationships. Love me, love others. It's not a bunch of rules. A lot of people have the wrong idea about Christianity because they were brought up, perhaps, with a lot of rules, and they were all attributed to God. The the Ten Ten Commandments were written to show us how much we needed God. But here he says the most important, the greatest commandment, is to love God and love others. Love me, love others, he says. You know, when love is the cornerstone of our life's mission, we may still mess up. But our intention can't be questioned. I'm here to love God and others. I mess up. I have to apologize and ask forgiveness to a lot of people that I love because I mess up. But my intention is to love them as God has loved me. And of course, I can't do that very well without his help. Same with you, by the way. God showed his love with his actions. He came after you and I. He came after me. John Ortberg wrote this, God relentlessly pursues us because all he's ever wanted is to be with us. That's relationship. That's relationship. He pursued us. He pursued Adam and Eve out of the garden. Where are you, he said. Of course, he knew where they were, but he started pursuing from the get-go. God relentlessly pursues us because all he's ever wanted is to be with us. He loved first. God is the initiator. Some people think they're high and mighty because they're chasing after God. They don't need to chase. God will meet them where they are. He's opened the door. He loved first. My response to his love is my mission. Loving God and others gives us something to do, and we all love a good to-do list. Our daily mission is to figure out how to fill in these blanks. Lord, today I will love you by blank and love others by blank. We don't know what's ahead. We talked about that last time. We wake up and we're jumping off a cliff. We know what to fill in, though, by keeping our ears open and our hearts pliable Oswald Chambers wrote this, Get into the habit of saying, Speak, Lord, and life will become a romance. Again, my utmost is highest, January 30th. I love a good romance. Every morning I don't know what my day will bring, but I can ask the lover of my soul, How about today, Lord? What is it you want from me? Please help yourself to my life. Will you pray that? Every day? How about today, Lord? What is it you want from me? Please help yourself to my life. God can be trusted to show me how to love and do it well. My mission manifests manifests itself in my identity. We talked a little bit about identity last time. Do you know you belong to God? That makes all the difference. Now, I wear the color orange because I can. I'm a natural redhead except when I go to Sally's Beauty Supply once a year and remind nature of what I used to be. When I was young, my mother told me to wear white shoes in summer and black shoes in winter. She was old-fashioned that way and from the Midwest, and that's what they did because they had seasons. I had to remind her, Mom, we live in California. It doesn't matter what color shoes I wear today. But that's how I was raised. It was my identity. In the summer, you wear white shoes. In the winter, you wear black. Also, because I was a redhead, I didn't wear red or pink, never pink. I let my hair inform my actions. Nowadays, it's really different. You never know what color you'll find on head or body. It doesn't matter. I've stopped being surprised. I went to the doctor yesterday to get an allergy shot, and both the nurses had sort of red hair. And I said, hey, we match, but not exactly, because theirs were more like, purple, but it didn't matter. And I said, well, God did this, God and Sally's Beauty Supply. I wear orange because I can. Actually, I wear what fits on my body and in the budget. So what do I mean? I mean this. I mean, I want my identity, who I am to inform my actions, what I do. I want to look like Jesus. That's my mission. I'm a Christian. That's my identity. I better look like him. I want to look like who I say I am. I want to be recognizable. I want to be recognizable as a Christian, someone who loves God and loves others. Believers and non-believers alike should know who I am by how I behave, not by what's written on my t-shirt or on my mug. I'm convinced the integration of truth and behavior is the best version of apologetics. Here is my truest self, yours too, if you follow Jesus. Who am I? I'm loved. That's your identity. You can say, I am loved, no matter how your day is going or will go, or how you end up at the end of the week. You say, Guess what? I'm loved. I'm forgiven. I'm chosen. God chose me. I'm sent. I'm called. I am transformed. I am His. I am found. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I am unique. I am that lost lamb, This, the one lamb that Jesus said the shepherd went after. I am free to wear any color. That's who I am. So what difference does it make? What difference should it make? It should make all the difference in everything I do. Who I am should make all the difference in everything I do. I am loved, so, so what? So I love others. I'm forgiven, so I forgive as God's forgiven me. I'm going to say that one again because that can be the hardest one for a bitter woman. I am forgiven, so I forgive as God's forgiven me. We lie to ourselves if we think we can't forgive someone. Because we're saying that God has not forgiven us, and we know we need forgiving. I'm chosen, so I live strong. I'm sent, so I must go. I am called, so I must not stew about my purpose. We get all tied in knots about our purpose. We're called by God. That's our purpose. I am transformed, so I look like Jesus eventually. I am his, so I rest in my belongingness. I don't think I made up that word. I am his, so I rest in my belongingness. People who love well are secure in who they are. I am found, so I feel valued. I'm unique, so I must not compare. I am free, so I use my freedom for his kingdom, not for myself. Remember what Paul said? I am not my own. My friend Melissa begins her prayers with, Dear Abba Father, her prayers reflect her identity. She knows she can address God as her dad, as we read read in Romans 8.15. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba Father, Daddy God. Melissa gives herself a front row seat with the God of the universe because she knows who she is. She's loved. She has a daddy in heaven. She's chosen. She's forgiven. Embracing who we are, like Melissa did and does, inspires what we do, starting with this simple phrase, Dear Abba Father, here I am again. Manifesto comes from the Italian meaning obvious. My mission should be obvious for all to see. The way I live, it should be obvious that I belong to Jesus. I don't think it is all the time. Now, there's a woman who trusts God and wants to be like Jesus. That should be obvious. Sadly, the opposite is often true. For my birthday a couple years ago, I wrote out a manifesto to remind me of my mission. It wasn't to be read by anyone else. It was between me and God. Each line was a signpost of how I'd like to live. I guess I could call it a vision statement. When I read through that list, because I do every once in a while, I go back to it and I go, I'm reminded this is what I want to look like. I recognize i have far to go. But I share the longing of the psalmist in Psalm 63, 1. Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. David knew to keep the picture out in front of him, like the picture we had of our house that was supposed to look like this picture someday. The picture out in front of him was in verse 2. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. David kept the picture in front of him. I see you in the sanctuary. I seek you with my whole heart. I long for you. Maybe you need to start there. Lord, give me a longing for you. Help me to pray that every day. Just read Psalm 63, 1 and 2 every day. See what happens. I pray my birthday manifesto often, but probably not often enough. And then I add to it as God shows me his design for my life. I won't read the whole thing, but I'll give you sampling to choose others before myself, to be anxious for absolutely nothing. Somehow I felt better adding the word absolutely, to serve with alacrity, to make others hungry for Jesus to worship as I breathe, praise as I think, obey without question. Why a mission statement? Why a manifesto? Because it frames our lives with God's intentions for our lives, a framework on which to hang our notions, all our notions, all our hopes, all our dreams, all our goals. I don't want to live willy-nilly. And when the winds and rain come as they will, we may get wet, but we don't lose our footing. Write your mission statement. Maybe this weekend, set out an hour or so. List your signposts, use them in prayer. It doesn't have to be your birthday, it doesn't have to be the first day of the year, but it needs to be soon. We need a mission statement, a manifesto to follow. Take out the photocopy of Jesus we find in scripture. Spend a year getting to know him. Last summer, our Bible study just read the the book of John together. We didn't have a study. We didn't answer questions. We just read it. And we saw Jesus. Start with the book of John if you don't know where to start. Once you keep that photocopy of Jesus in your mind, you'll live life as God intended for him with him, and eventually like him. As Paul wrote in Romans eight twenty nine, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to do what? To be conformed to the image of his son so that we could be like Jesus. I want that to be my ma- mission statement and my manifesto. I hope that you want that as well feel free to email me, sue at welcomeheart.com. We're happy to talk about it with you. Have a wonderful day. Live your mission, but first figure out what it is. Have a great day. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.